You're listening to the Author Stories Podcast. Bringing you the story behind the stories and the storytellers. Margaret Wise, Sherry Brooks, Sheena Kamal, Matthew Quick, J.T. Ellison, Walt D. Williams, Brad Ford, Corey, Dr. O, Brandon Sanderson, Robin Mom, Ernest Klein, Jim Butcher, Sherwin Harris. Visit HankGarner.com for archives of all the shows. Today's guest is... Thanks for joining me again for the Author Stories Podcast, where I bring you the story behind the stories and the storytellers. Today, I'm really excited to have Samantha Verant on the show with me. She has a, an amazingly fun book uh, that's uh, a, a brand new release. When you're hearing this, it came out yesterday, and it's called Sophie Valrose, Paris Stars. What a fun uh romp of a read i know you guys are going to love it um you know especially going into the holiday season this gives you all of the uh the great feels that uh that that we want to have this time of year uh welcome to the show samantha thank you so much for having me and it's uh, um it's really important for me to be back um virtually in the u.s so i'm so psyched uh to be here Absolutely. Uh, Samantha, we begin each show with the same question, and that question is, what is your first memory of wanting to be a writer or storyteller? Gosh, that's a good question. I have a really strange background. I wanted to be a singer. I wanted to be an actress. And or a gymnast too, Nadia, Nadia Comaneci, hello. And <laughs> with writing, I, I was always an avid and very voracious reader. My parents had me read uh, classics um, from the age of six to 10 to 12. I was always at the library. I never thought of writing as an option, but something happened, something in my mind clicked, and I started writing middle grade, actually, at first, and went on to young adults, and then it turned into a memoir because I had um, something really strange happen in my life and now I'm writing women's fiction and I love it <laughs> so long story short I can sing on the page act out scenes and do everything I love doing except for gymnastics which I'm really bad at <laughs> <laughs> well have you tried writing a gymnastic scene yet oh gosh no no, then no. You, you don't you don't know that you're bad at it yet then a, a mailbox I, I was pretending to be Nadia Comaneci <laughs> and yeah I dove off a mailbox oh my goodness I do a flip when I was 10 but back to writing yeah <clears throat> so um Samantha, you you mentioned that you had uh, written and published a couple of memoirs. What what was it that you know, as someone who began writing middle grade fiction, young adult, uh, then to turn 
the lens back on yourself, as it were, and and tell your own story. What what was the the motivation um, to begin, you know, telling your own story in in memoir form? Well, uh, the motivation for my memoirs was I thought maybe women would connect uh, to my story, even men too, like you. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, my story was kind of weird with the memoir. I reconnected with a French man. I live in France uh, that I had met when I was 19 years old. He wrote me seven love letters. I never wrote him back until 20 years later. Wow. Yeah. And we're happily married now for going on for 12 years. That, that is that's wild so so then just from that experience you you just uh decided to tell the story of how the two of you got got back, together and then got back together and i have two wonderful stepchildren uh they are my children and just sharing uh the love i guess yeah so, so the the first one was that how to make a french family no, the first one, Seven Letters from Paris. It's when I recount the story where Jean-Luc, my husband, now, <laughs> he had written me seven letters that I didn't respond to until 20 years later. Wow. What 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 an incredible um, turn of events. We're going on 12 years, and it's great, and it feels like yesterday. <laughs> That is amazing. Um, when when you started collecting your story, you know, to uh, to put in the memoir, um, w- was that a scary thing? You know, as someone who had told stories before um, you know, about make believe characters, then when you are the character, um, that that comes with the the stakes are completely different for that, aren't they? Yeah. Um, the stakes are different because sometimes um, people, if they read the memoir, they, they're, and if they don't like the main, main character, who is me, <laughs> uh, yeah, that's kind of awkward. And, you know, I didn't set out to do it, but I really do like writing and sharing worlds and you know, getting deep down and I, I guess sometimes dirty with uh, the characters. I'm always fascinated when when we talk about memoirs that uh, you when you when you read a memoir, you're not reading uh, an autobiography from from cradle to grave, as it were. You're you're looking into this life through a window, and that window is defined by you know, a, a particular period of time or a set of circumstances. Um, wh- how did you define that that window that uh, that you gave us into your life? I just uh, did it from the heart. But one thing I, I think everybody needs to know, even writers, if there's if there are writers out there writing a memoir. You have to remember you're going to be 
edited. <laughs> I'm your editor. And, you know, uh, it's an interesting process. And, you know, I, I love the books. And I took the turn, you know, from starting out when I started out, I was writing middle grade, young, young adult. Then my story happened to me, and now I'm writing things I know. So with um, Sophie Valrue's Peristar, which is uh, the second book, Carrying On Sophie's Stories, it can be read as a standalone. But a lot of the character of um, Sophie, like just being vulnerable, and driven comes from within me, I guess, if that makes sense. Sure, sure. Um, you are you are a chef as well, aren't you? An at home chef. Yeah. What what was it that that first uh, kind of lit the spark uh, to to make you fall in love with not just food but but food preparation and cooking and kind of the the art form of cooking. Well, I've been cooking since I've been nine years old. I guess I, I have what is called a creative soul. So any form of creativity, cooking, writing, art. <laughs> My former background, um, I'm a graphic designer, too. So anything where you can express yourself through things and I think with cooking you're also expressing your heart if that makes sense sure, <laughs> sure. well that was going to be the next thing that I asked you I, I love to hear uh, how people find the intersections uh, between creative pursuits and and sometimes it's you know, someone that works in theater and then becomes a, a writer or uh, a graphic designer like like you are and and a writer. And they're they're different forms of storytelling. But it, in the end, they're all storytelling. Um, I, I've not talked to that many chefs uh, who have are also writers. Um, do you see any sort of intersection between cooking and and storytelling? Well, uh Definitely. I mean, with cooking and food and food and books, uh, we all eat and we can all say that food and meals bring family together. So every story we might have, even uh, just growing up, is maybe over a meal. It could be a Thanksgiving. It could be here or there it's just something that hits in your heart I, I i just recall uh my grandmother cooking for me when i was a kid and i'll i'll never forget her recipes and what she taught me and also you know that feeling of love over a meal so the the uh, the new book, um, Sophie Valrue's Paris Stars, 
is uh, is a continuation of sorts of the secret French recipes of Sophie uh, Valroux. Do, is, do these books, I mean, obviously they're connected through the main character, but uh, is this an, an ongoing series? Are they standalones that just happen to have the same character? How, how do you, how do they connect? I, it's a continuation of Sophie's story from uh, the first book, but it can definitely be read as a standalone because I give enough backstory to why and how Sophie inherited this fabulous French chateau that maybe I want. But it's her journey, and it's a different story. Um, In this book, I have her lose her senses of taste and smell. The worst possible thing to happen to a chef. Wow. Yeah, that that kind of instantly sets up uh, conflict that uh, that is going to be fun. To see where that goes. Yeah, and also about dreams. Uh, Her dream was always to be Michelin starred. And that was one of the biggest inspirations for the books. Because when I first wrote the first book, The Secret French Recipes of Sophie Valroux, the inspiration came from me finding out only 1% of female chefs were Michelin starred. Wow. So, so where did the, the character of Sophie come from? Um, Is she kind of an amalgamation of, 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 of of several women? Is is she kind of you in, in disguise? Where, where did she come from? You know, And that's a funny question because somebody pointed out to me, my name's Samantha Verall and her name's Sophie Valroux. So we have uh, the same initials. So (laughs) I'm fairly certain, okay, totally certain her character comes from me. And somebody that can be vulnerable and headstrong and fight and make mistakes. She makes a lot of them. And yeah. So yeah, she totally comes from my heart. <laughs> Love it. Dabble is a proud sponsor of Author Stories. Dabble is an easy to use cloud based writing tool that gives writers a way to organize, plot, and create amazing stories wherever they are. Right in our desktop app, on your Mac or Windows computer, tablet, or mobile device, Dabble syncs your latest version with the cloud on all your devices. Right anywhere and anytime inspiration strikes. We got you. Dabble is my preferred writing tool, and I think it will be yours as well. Visit DabbleWriter.com for your free trial. You have an amazing story idea. You execute the writing and editing flawlessly, and now the only thing missing are readers. We can help you go from author to author superhero with Story Origin. 
Story Origin is a one-stop shop for marketing tools with a community of amazing authors working together to find reviewers, build mailing lists, increase sales, and collect feedback from beta readers. Everything an author needs, all in one place, from providing review copies or beta copies, reader magnets to ensure you stay connected with readers, easily distribute audio promo codes, universal retail links to send readers directly to the proper point of purchase, or provide direct download links for members of your mailing list. Story Origin has all the tools you need in one easy-to-use site. Use the promo code ASP21 at checkout when subscribing to the yearly plan, and you will get 10% off your first year. This code will expire December 31st, so hurry over and subscribe now. StoryOriginApp.com So after the first book, um, The Secret French Recipes of Sophie Valroux, um, how did you start thinking about you know what's – What's going to be the next adventure that you set up for Sophie? How, what when you're when you're first starting the process for a new book? Um, do you start going through ideas of things that you could do to Sophie? Um, you know, is there like a a news article or or, or something that you've read or watched that that triggers uh you know a plot point? What what's that first moment of inspiration like? Well. I when I started writing the book, I had actually planned a trilogy, but it's just going to be a duology, so two books. And the title changed. Uh, it was called Flambe at first, like Flambe, and then <laughs> the next one was Brulee, and then the next one would be Sucre, which is sweet, and. Like planning it out, yeah. There, I do put in a ton of book research, and for the second book, there was an article somewhere, and I forget where it was a, a male Michelin starred chef who said that women couldn't carry their own pots and pans, and what yeah (laughs) (laughs) so uh, but I want I wanted um Sophie to be a fighter and fight through her she's stubborn maybe like me I don't know (laughs) I'm not stubborn (laughs) don't ask my husband (laughs) um I wanted to have her just fight for her dreams and then like spoiler alert no I can't do it maybe find out um you know she's happy with everything that she has which is I have such a wacky um, cast of characters and they they were the most fun to write. I was going to ask you about that um, because there, there really are a lively cast of characters that, um, uh, that filled the book. How do you go about casting and I'm making air quotes of casting the characters in your story? I think it would be people I would want, 
to know <laughs> in my life and people that I've met. Uh, nobody is based off of anybody, really. Uh, I don't know um, Gustav, who is uh, the drunk pastry chef that gets uh, into a bicycle accident with a sheep. How do I come up with that? I don't know. <laughs> um, I think it's, you know, living in southwestern France where I live, I've met so many wild people and characters and maybe there's a little bit of everybody in the characters that I created. I love it. The uh, the book very much reads uh, like a travel log of, of sorts and um, uh, you know especially for someone sitting in the US and reading this, I, I feel like I'm transported um, to France with you. Uh, how important is is setting to you and to really kind of painting that tapestry of 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 where the book takes place and 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 taking someone uh, you know in my position and 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 traveling across the Atlantic and making me feel like I've been on an adventure. That is actually very important to me because. I live in Toulouse. I'm not in Provence. My husband is from Provence. Um, so everybody reads about Paris and, uh, you know, Provence or the Côte d'Azur. My area here is so fantastic. And I wanted... Actually, when I was writing to have people experience uh, the same things I did when I moved here. And I can't say it was great in the beginning because I had a language barrier. But the, the more I got to know the people, it's so kind and loving. It's not like it's. I don't know, it's southwestern France, and I really wanted to bring people into here, this this world of mine. And and you you definitely did that. I I, I felt like I was I was there. They um so when you're when you're trying to to make that sort of experience for readers, what what are some of the things that you hit on? Um, to to make it feel like um, that we're immersed in the story and in the setting and the place without it just being, um, you know, just details for detail's sake. Um, and, and is that something that when you're going through the editing process that you you say, well, well maybe I need more detail here or maybe you say I, I need to cut back some of this because I think they get the point without me just, you know, beating them over the head with it. Good question. Let me ponder for a second. I think uh, the most what what the, the most important thing is, especially in both of the books, is food. 
and yeah. bringing people into the taste and giving them a sensorial experience through taste. Here, we have seasonal eating and figs were just in season and saps, mushrooms are in season now. And I, I think through taste and the way I write it about food, I bring people into the world if that makes sense i hope it does <laughs> <laughs> well and and that is a that's a very good um uh point that you bring up because you know one of the the main plot points of this book is that uh is that sophie loses her sense of taste and smell uh and you know number one for for a chef that that's going to be detrimental um but then for for a writer who's building this sense of taste uh, in in the uh, in the words that that you're sharing with us, um, that it just seems to me like you are you're building more and more challenges for yourself and in, in how you're going to tell this story. Yeah, um, you know, definitely. And I'm uh, an evil author for even <laughs> to my character. Sorry, Sophie. <laughs> um, you know, it, 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 it's a balance and going back to your question, like bringing people to France as well. I want people to know that there's more to France than Paris. It's an incredible place. Absolutely. The, the people and the relationships, um, between the characters in your books uh, are are so heartwarming and and so engaging. Um, how important and, and you mentioned earlier that the the people that you met when you first moved there were were so great and so welcoming and so loving. Um, how important is that to convey those aspects in the story that you're telling? No, I, I think it's really important. Uh, you know, I'm a lucky girl. I My neighbors, uh, like, to the left of me, they are like my French parents. Always welcomed me from the get-go. Even when I stumble with my words, which I do sometimes, I mean, go figure a writer, but if you imagine <laughs> speaking in French. <laughs> uh, no, it's important for me to convey the spirit of uh, the French life, actually. And maybe it's different for other people. Maybe I'm just lucky. I don't know. Love Maybe it. I am really lucky. <laughs> <laughs> you, you said that that originally you had envisioned this uh, as a trilogy, and now it's going to be a, uh, a a two book series. W what are you focusing on next? Oh, good question. So I can finally announce this news. I have a new book uh, that will be coming out in twenty twenty three. It's called The Spice Master at Bistro Exotique. 
And it's about an American chef opening up a restaurant in Paris who goes through a lot of, um, like, just things just keep hitting her. And she meets uh, this woman who is the self-proclaimed spice master of Paris. Oh, that's going to be fantastic. Um, and it's fun and I put more of my own humor in, in into the next book and yeah well as an American now living in the southwest of France that you I would think would have uh, a keen ability to tell the story of an American in uh, you know kind of taking on this new world yeah, 11 years later, it feels like yesterday, That's though. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Oh, I'm, and also, I'm French now, too. Oh, nice. So you, you have dual citizenship now? Citizenship. That's fantastic. Well, Sophie, Sophie Valroux's Paris Stars is available everywhere now. When you're hearing this, we're going to have links to it in the show notes of this episode where you can grab it in paperback or kindle edition or audiobook uh samantha have you have you listened to the audiobook of it yet not yet but i did listen to the first one and i can tell you imani jade powers who narrates the book is awesome her voice is so sultry and soft and Every time I listened to her for the first book, I was like, oh, my God. It, it, it wasn't even like <laughs> I, I wrote the book. <laughs> that's she the best That's what? the best part in it when you're transported by your own book. Yeah. Frankly, authors, we don't like to read or, <laughs> <even after. laughs> or listen to your own work. After a million times. Right. But, Wow, um, Imani Jade Powers, what a narrator. Amazing. Excellent. We'll put links to the audiobook uh, in the show notes as well. Samantha, this has been so much fun chatting. Thank you so much for taking time to come on the show. Well, and thank you for having me, even though I was almost an hour early. <laughs> <laughs> now stay tuned for an audiobook excerpt from Richard Gleaves, the Jason Crane series. The brutes of the Andersonville Prison Hospital have moved me to the dead room, or so it has come to be known. None so domiciled have yet left this place. We receive only the smallest rations and only cursory care, to reduce our odors and spare the nostrils of our keepers. The good Christians of the Confederacy do not see any need to provide comfort to those who will soon sleep soundly enough underground. You must know, at least, how your father came to such an end. At Doctortown, Kilpatrick entrusted me with the conquest of a railroad trestle, and my bummers, my demolition team, acquitted themselves admirably thanks to my ingenuity with powder. We successfully destroyed the trestle work past Morgan's Lake. This would prove to be my entire contribution to the war, Federal troops were unable to capture the bridge or overcome the enemy's battery. Kilpatrick withdrew, and my bummers and I found ourselves on the wrong side of the Altamaha River, behind the enemy line with no hope of reaching our encampment. 
rebels accosted us, taking our remaining supplies. We escaped and headed south, hoping by a long march to reach Seymour's forces in Jacksonville, but we encountered other rebel encampments at Jessup. Four of my men were lost to gunfire. We marched west, then south again, barely evading capture. We had no choice but to brave the great swamp Okefenokee. Oh, on and on it goes, in every direction, endlessly. We trudged through miles of grasping mud and noxious rot, pursued by hunger and the mosquito, scratching at our arms and faces until all our skin was scourged. We lived off alligator meat at first, then nothing at all. My men grew mutinous, blamed me for all their misfortunes, threatened to throw me in a sack, weigh me down with stones, and sink my body. Yet was I not equally hungry? Did I not starve? I grew weary of their endless insubordination and contempt. Finally, they took hold of me and swore they would hang me by the neck for leading them to ruin. They were five in number, younger than I and more muscular. I was no match for them physically. They lay their hands on me and I burned them. I burned those men. The flame rose from me as from a volcano, stripping the skin from those boys, blackening their faces, roasting their flesh. And let this be my final ghastly confession. I feasted that night, feasted on the meat of my prospective murderers. And that is how I survived. I staggered alone from that swamp, a mad thing, fueled by outrage and guilt. I saw an encampment of rebel soldiers and surrendered myself gladly. They say in Andersonville prison all men are brothers, equal in filth, equal in terror, equal in ruin. Yet I feel I may claim some small distinction, at least, for I am surely damned to a greater extent than any here.